Stop, ladies, and stop. Stop. Start oh. Welcome Start. in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome in. Welcome one. Welcome all to the latest installment of the Deep Yellow Demi Gods podcast. My name is Tej. I am joined as always by my co-host Tink. Tink, how's it going? It's going well. Um, con- congrats. It's been a while. Um, sorry for that, I guess. Um, but it's going well. Yeah, it's been over a month, I think. We didn't, I guess the last time we talked, Tink, it was right after round one where we had both won our first round matchups um, somehow, but we weren't playing each other. We were playing, um, I had a matchup against Alec and you had a matchup against Bob. We recorded, I had COVID. I felt terrible. We recorded anyway. I didn't think Tyreek or Kelsey were going to play because they also had COVID at the time of our recording. And I think we left the pod saying probably 65% chance Alec beats me. You were going up against Bob who... I think at the time we were pretty sure that you were going to beat Bob too. We said probably 65% chance that you beat Bob. Fast forward a few days right after that um, when the exact opposite of those things happened. I beat Alec, Bob beat you, um, set up a great finals matchup between me and Bob, which of course I, uh, I hailed victorious, but yeah, now it's, now it's even two weeks past that. I feel like I, I kind of missed my, my moment of glory here, but I'll, I'll be sure to make the most of, of the time on this podcast for sure. Oh, thank goodness. I was worried that you wouldn't gloat at all this whole offseason. Oh, I will. <laughs> That's the thing now is that, I mean, I was talking to, I, I was with Amy that whole day whenever we were watching the games and she kept being like, remind me how much money this is for again. And I was having to explain to her like, no, no, no. Like, I, yes, it is. Like, I do get money if I win and there's like an empire pot and all of that. But like, even more than that, I have so much ammunition now in arguments. I <laughs> more so than went more so than money. I just wanted the glory that comes with winning, the clout, um, the negotiating power, all of that. And so now, whenever anyone asks me in the group, me my name now is two-time reigning champ with a couple of trophies. And so um, the people are just going to have to remember it for for years and years to come. Well, um, I know we. We have a little bit of a rundown that we kind of want to get through, um, but we actually have a special guest that has remained silent thus far. Um, that we brought on back by popular demand, I must say, um, that we brought on, I guess last time he joined us was to talk about um, Taylor Swift's most recent album, Red, Taylor's version. Um, And now he is back. He's wearing a Cowboys jersey and the Cowboys just lost to the 49ers and we're here to discuss it. So everyone, please welcome Travis Smith to the pod. Travis. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Um, I'm proud to say that I can actually hear both Tink and Tiege this time. So uh, hoping that uh, we can have a little bit of a better pod this time. So true. Well, Travis, you're a Cowboys fan. How big of a Cowboys fan are you on a scale of one to 10, would you say? I put myself at like seven, seven or eight. I'm not like, I'm not like on the diehard level where I'm wearing jorts and a Cowboys jersey and navy blue uh, Jordans every Sunday. But, you know, I enjoy the Cowboys. I'm sad when they lose. Of course. As they did today. They always do. In in remarkable fashion, as always. 
this last off season, I, I pulled up a text. I was talking with Tink about this earlier. I pulled up a text that I sent to Tink and I think this last March. And I said, I think I'm just done being a Cowboys fan. And I like earnestly meant it. I was like, when I think about the Cowboys, like really the only thing that comes to my mind is like hatred. I think this was kind of back when they were fumbling the Dak negotiation. Who's probably my favorite player. They extended Zeke. They were making so many dumb moves. I was like, why, why do I have to support this team when on a weekly basis, I care way more about how my fantasy team is doing, how my bets are doing, et cetera. Um, And so I really went into this season I think if the Cowboys had been bad this year, truly, I probably would have like totally just distanced myself from the team. I'd been like, ah, well, not really caring too much. Then they were so good. They went 12 and five, won the NFC East easily, clinched it with like a month to play. And I really talked myself into a potential playoff run. I thought, you know, the NFC is wide open um, as far as like the best quarterbacks in the conference. Like obviously Rodgers is up there, but after that, like, I guess Brady too. But after that, I think Dak is like right number three there. Stafford kind of inconsistent. Same with Jimmy, same with Kyler. And then Hertz, we'll, we'll probably get to that here in a little bit, Tink. I want to have a conversation about Hertz before we get off. But um, yeah, so I was like, ah, maybe the Cowboys, you know, the defense is good, kind of a balanced game. They've got the good coordinators right now. And I will say I was, I was kind of hesitant about us going up against San Francisco. I would have much rather played Arizona um, but we did get matched up against San Francisco. Then I kind of talked myself into it over the course of the week and kind of got our butts kicked the whole game. I know it was close at the end and we kind of had a chance, but um, I mean, what, it was 23 to seven in the, I guess, third quarter. So team didn't play great. Travis, what, what did you see? What was your kind of analysis of the game? What went wrong here? Uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, isn't that just kind of the Cowboys MO is like doing just enough to give you a little bit of hope only to shatter it. I mean, I wasn't alive during America's team. So the Cowboys that I know have been just exactly that to a T doing just enough to keep me, keep me a fan and keep me hopeful and then just bring it down every postseason. Uh, Yeah. I didn't love the 49ers matchup. 49ers are honestly, they just play bully ball and the Cowboys do not know how to play against bully ball. Um, they got, they got bullied. Um, and honestly, like we have a lot of great individual players, but our defense did not play like a team. I don't feel like our offense wasn't clicking, which is kind of, I mean, the Cowboys offense this season has either been boom or bust. And today was definitely one of those bust days. Yeah, agree with everything you just said. That the offense was so inconsistent all season. Um, I know Tink and I talked about it on the podcast a decent amount, but beginning of the season they were really running the ball well, and because of that, they were not getting their playmakers involved too much on offense. And that was kind of a big theme at the beginning of the year on our podcast, Tink, because I know I was really high on Amari Cooper going into this season, um, and I was pretty high on CD Lamb too. But I was pretty bullish on the fact that Cooper I thought could be like a top five fantasy. Uh, wide receiver this year just given the passing volume that I projected Dak to have because I thought the defense would be bad too and season started and really all of that was wrong they came out with a much more balanced approach than I was expecting pretty run heavy the defense played up pretty much the entire season and because of that the play playmakers never really got involved like Cooper had a pretty down year CeeDee Lamb had a down year too especially from a fantasy perspective and in this game it seemed like those guys were non-existent where on San Francisco, it's like they are getting the ball in Debo's hands 
just manufacturing touches for him. And I feel like the Cowboys aren't able to do that. Um, Tink is a semi-unbiased observer. What were your thoughts uh, watching that game today? Uh, yeah, I felt pretty lopsided. Um, uh, that Jimmy G pick really kind of made it much closer than it was all game. Um, yeah. My main takeaway was I was kind of shocked that even after Bosa went out and like, I feel like a Niner defensive player was dropping every three minutes and the Cowboys really couldn't sustain too much. There weren't, there weren't a ton of big plays in general. Um, I I mean, Cowboys had no business being in that game at all. Yeah. Yeah. None. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked. I mean, the Niners defense, it's good when healthy, but they haven't been like the Super Bowl winning or Super Bowl going to defense. They have been in the past. So. It was kind of more lopsided than I certainly expected. Yeah, and it's 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 confusing because it, you look at the game and you like I I particularly can't put my finger on exactly like what is wrong with the Cowboys, but something is wrong nonetheless. Maybe one of you two has an opinion on it. I one of my uh, one of my favorite football podcasts that I listen to. Um, one of the hosts is like a really big fan of the Cowboys. He like loves Dak and is studies like a lot of their film. And he says like, they're so close. He's like, they're like 1% away from being like an otherworldly offense. And yet every like fifth play, they just shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's like penalties, which we saw a ton of today or guys running the wrong routes or guys just getting smoked on their blocks. Like they are so close to putting it like all together, but then they have that one thing that trips them up. And that happened to the offense like all day today. I don't know. The penalties, they were definitely upwards of 10 penalties, but it was anytime they had some semblance of a drive, it'd be like first and 10, they get 30 yards to CeeDee Lamb, but then it's a holding. Now it's second and 20. Now Dak is trying to like force something to get the 20 yards for the first down, and he throws a pick, and now San Francisco has the ball in Dallas territory. It's stuff like that where it's, man, if you can just kind of clean up the small stuff, I feel like you're able to put it together and the the sum of the parts might actually equal to to the whole but right now man it just is a lot of stars and and not too much production um that's my thesis yeah. but yeah yeah but I, I i totally agree with everything you just said but i what is the underlying cause of that i mean is it is it culture is it bad luck like what how do you where do you go from here if you're the cowboys organization yeah i don't know i mean and I've always just in my mind thought that penalties are a byproduct of coaching. I don't know if that's actually true. I never played football other than seventh grade. And so I don't know if like anyone who's played football would disagree with me, but it does seem like those, they just seem undisciplined. It feels like. And so when you have, uh, let's see, I've got it pulled up in front of you. When you have 14 penalties for 89 yards, like at some point that kind of falls on coaching. Um, And I don't know how much of that to divvy between like the head coach versus the coordinators versus like the offensive line coach and the defensive line coach. Like, I think it's easy to pin a lot of this on McCarthy and I am probably one to do that. Uh, Cause I do think that we have pretty good coordinators and Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, like I know they're getting interviews, a lot of these different places, but I don't know, like 14 penalties, like, yes, I think people kind of want to blame McCarthy for that, but not really blame Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. And so I don't know. I don't really know how to divvy that up. I don't think it's, I do think it's probably a byproduct of coaching on somewhere, but how much of that blame falls at the top versus trickling down to position coaches. I'm not too sure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's tough to, I, I think for, I agree with you. And I think for sure, like if nothing else, I think like offsides or, you know, neutral zone infractions, that, that has to be a result of just discipline and coaching because it, it just shouldn't be, no other team gets as many <laughs> pre-snap penalties as the Cowboys do. And that, that has to be coaching there. There's no other explanation because they're just undisciplined. Yeah. Um, it's undisciplined crossing the line of scrimmage before the ball is snapped so many times. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess the the other the common denominator here, which, which we haven't touched on too specifically, is uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys franchise, Dak Prescott, who is now uh, wrapping up his sixth season with the Dallas Cowboys. A um, couple of playoff appearances, a couple of good playoff wins, but nothing too spectacular. And it does seem like they've kind of disappointed in the playoffs each time they've gotten there. I would love to hear from each of you because I have very strong takes about Dak Prescott and I always have, but I do feel a little bit, I kind of was workshopping a take earlier in my mind. And I think I'm like ready to bring it to the light here about him, but um, would kind of love to hear you guys' thoughts on, on how much of this falls on Dak and like moving forward, what you think his, um, expectation is or ceiling is um with this team um i mean i think <clears throat> I, th- I forget who i was who i was talking to it was either connor and answer it was you travis who said like that dak is not great he's just good and i've always kind of considered dak like a top 10 at worst quarterback i guess maybe not top five at certain times he's definitely plays top five um but I don't think I'd ever in the last few seasons rank him below 10th. Um, and to me, that's pretty close to a great QB. Um, certainly last year, those first five games or whatever, he was putting up insane numbers. Um, I mean, this season, they kind of took the ball out of his hands a little more than a lot of people expected. But I don't think that he doesn't – he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He generally protects the ball. Um, he's mobile enough, you know, in this fourth quarter when he needs – I mean, he showed it on the last play. Um but he's mobile enough to kind of extend some plays. Um, so I've always thought he's been pretty good. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily hindering the, the Cowboys at all. Like if I were to look for another QB as a Cowboys GM, I wouldn't look too long um, unless you're upgrading to one of like, unless you're trying, unless you're getting Rogers this off season, I really don't think there's another QB out there that I would really be like, yeah, this is worth whatever we're going to have to do to upgrade. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I fall too. Um, my take is that I love Dak. Dak's a great leader on and off the field. It seems like, um, and he, yeah, he doesn't make too many mistakes. Um, my thing is is that Dak is not. It, he doesn't seem like the guy who makes up for mistakes that are found other places on the team. He definitely does is not a detriment to the team, and definitely does not add to those mistakes. But he's not he's not of the type where like Rogers, Mahomes, those guys, and even like Josh Allen can overcome shortcomings of their teams. And I don't think that Dak, at least he hasn't really shown that he can overcome the shortcomings of the Cowboys. And I don't think that necessarily means you need to go out and shop for a QB. Um, but I think that just means that your Dak's going to need a, a relatively better team than the likes of Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, those kind of guys uh, to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, 
um, agree with what you guys both said. I kind of wish I had gone first because I feel like you all stole a lot of my talking points. But um, no, I totally agree. I think, I think, like in the beginning of his career, he showed so much promise, like as a rookie and even going into his second and third seasons, that I think in the range of outcomes was like this truly elite quarterback, like the Mahomes and the Rodgers and the Brady's. Like I, I felt like that was within his range of outcomes. And now I think we're six years in and I, I really don't think that we're getting that, which is not a bad thing. Cause I don't think that teams like every team in the NFL would love to have a quarterback like Dak Prescott on their team. Right. Cause there, there only are like, 10 to 12 quarterbacks that are good enough to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Um, and I think that Dak is definitely good enough to win a Super Bowl, but I don't think that Dak will win you a Super Bowl by himself, right? And Travis, that's the same point that you're making. It's like, he needs talent around him. And if that talent is letting him down or if he has an off game, like, I don't know. It, it's not like a Mahomes or, or Rodgers or Brady type. Um, I think he's kind of in that next tier. And I was kind of thinking like, comparisons for him and I keep coming back to Philip Rivers who I think was like a really really good quarterback over the last decade um he had the Chargers had a ton of playoff teams they were like the I think 14 and 2 number one seed in the AFC one year and like felt like his special teams was letting him down and coaching and like he never quite could get over the hump to the Super Bowl um but like by all intents and purposes like end of his career now that he's gone like that was a a really good nfl qb that any team would have been better off for having him on the roster i feel like dak is kind of like the new philip rivers even in this like the way that they play too like he's not a mobile quarterback he's kind of like a more like i don't know pocket passer read the field type um but i don't know that's kind of how i how i fall out on dak which is a bummer but at the same time as like a cowboys fan or a a semi-cowboys fan like it is cool that however many years he's going to be playing, hopefully it's like 10 more years. I think the Cowboys are going to be at least decent each of those 10 years. Right. And one of those years, the cards might fall right and we're going to go on a run, but every year, like, I don't know, only one team wins a Super Bowl every year. And so if this is what the Cowboys are, where they win the NFC East and go to the playoffs and have fun playoff games, like I think that's definitely a win. And I don't think we should be trying to make a frantic upgrade to someone like Rogers or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that's also why it's so important to not spend $40 million on Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I mean, the, the amount of things you can do with that money and to get more talent around Dak. I mean, who knows if you're in a different situation now than what they are, but totally. yeah. Yeah. I guess we can kind of wrap on the Cowboys talk with kind of like my closing thoughts on the season. Um, I kind of typed out, some like good what I saw that was like good encouraging versus bad discouraging. And so maybe I'll go through the goods and then get your thoughts and go through the bads. But I think on the good side, one is that the defense was very good this season. I think kind of the expectation going into the year was that um, the defense wouldn't be good. And the offense was going to have to win games like 50 to 40 if the Cowboys were going to be good, but um, defense was awesome. Um, however, I don't think that is, like reliable moving forward, just in general, defense isn't as sticky year over year. And so I don't necessarily expect them to like replicate this type of performance next year, but all in all encouraging that the defense was good. The next point being that Micah Parsons was a star already, um, which is great. Like the Cowboys had, were were pretty bad last year. And so they got a pretty good pick. Um, And I know 
reports were kind of that they were going to take Sertan. And if he wasn't there, they probably would have taken JC Horn. And then both those guys went. And it seems like we kind of scrambled and took Parsons. I know like ownership says that they were going to take Parsons regardless, but I still think that we were going to try to go corner. But man, I feel like we really lucked into Parsons, who already was like one of the best defenders in the NFL in his rookie season. So that's great. And then I think both coordinators are really good. Um, Kellen Moore, obviously great getting a lot of um, head coaching jobs over the last couple of offs or head coaching interviews over the last couple of off seasons. But then Dan Quinn too got brought in and has kind of revitalized this defense. And so, I don't know, I guess all the good things I said were about the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I might, I'm not too confident that they're going to continue, but um, yeah, from a defense's perspective, um, I thought the Cowboys really improved there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one question before we get off the Cowboys topic. And that is, if you're the Cowboys franchise, do you it, fire McCarthy to keep Kellen Moore if that ends up being the case? Yeah, so that was one of the things that I had listed on the bads is that I don't think that McCarthy – I basically just – McCarthy's not it, I don't think. Like, I don't think that – I've kind of gone back and forth on this because – you know, he did win a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I know he had Rodgers, but still he did. He is a Super Bowl winning coach. He comes here. He gets a lot of hate in his first offseason, which was kind of riddled with like COVID and the Cowboys sucked last year or whatever. But they did go 12 and five this year. And at some point, like the, the coach does get some credit for that. Right. Um, but now, like, I don't know. I think I've just seen enough evidence that I don't I don't think I trust McCarthy to take the Cowboys to the promised land. And so. Yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet today that was like, if I'm the Cowboys owner, I am firing McCarthy, promoting Kellen Moore to head coach, letting Dan Quinn take another job, and then hiring Mike Zimmer as defensive coordinator. And that's a plan I can get behind. That would be awesome. Um, But is that actually going to happen? No, I think we're probably going to keep McCarthy. If Moore and Quinn get jobs, they're gone. If not, they probably stay. But yeah, I mean, it's purgatory with uh, Jerry Jones and his loyalty to mediocre head coaches. (laughs) <laughs> ain't that the truth <laughs> i'll move into a couple of the other negatives really fast because i know it's a lot of cowboys talk but um i just think the offense was kind of disappointing this season um and it kind of goes back to what i was saying about we just don't get the playmakers involved as much as i wish that we would like it dalton schultz was our leading receiver over the last like nine games of the season which is fine. Dalton Schultz is a a good player and he really came on down the stretch. But if you have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, I would hope that those guys are getting the majority of the touches. I don't know what, I don't know if it's Kellen Moore's play calling or if it's Dak's like progressions or if the receivers just aren't getting open, but it does seem weird that we can't get the ball in our best player's hands. And it's like Cedric Wilson, every time he plays is like an X factor for the offense. And Dalton Schultz too, is our main target on third down. He had like nine catches today. So not super encouraged on that. Uh, CD, I thought did not take a step forward this year. Um, I'm actually going to pause after this and, and get Tink's thoughts on this. Cause I know Tink's Tink was kind of uh, bearish on CD lamb and his dynasty value going into this season. Uh, I think that's kind of, been played out to be correct because um i think people kind of just assumed that cowboys would smash this year and that he would take the year two jump just like jefferson actually did and guys like aj brown did last year and all of that um that didn't happen i don't think he finishes a top 12 wide receiver i think he was probably around 20 um and 
he's talented, but also I feel like I think that he's talented just because people say he's talented. But when I watch the Cowboys, I'm not like this wide receiver is one of the best five receivers in the NFL. Um, and so I don't know, Tink, I'll let you wax poetic about CD lamb. Cause I know you have a lot to say. Yes. Um, everything I predicted about CD lamb this season came true. Um, he finished, I'm looking now, he finished wide receiver 18 in total points. Um, I'm not sure on average points per game and nor do I really care about that. Um, but yeah, I feel like he's, I think he's still wide receiver three on like most dynasty ranking sites. Just, I think is the age helps him so much, but I mean, he doesn't necessarily, unless he, unless you're counting on a third year jump again, I don't see how he can stay above um, a lot of the people he's around. Um, well, that's the craziest thing to me. Sorry to interrupt you. That's the craziest thing to me is that going into this season, I think he was the wide receiver four on keep trade cut for dynasty. And then by all intents and purposes, he was a disappointment this season. And I pretty sure he's still the wide receiver four. And so his value like didn't change at all, even though he didn't live up to expectations. So I don't know if that means that people just are pricing in that he's going to take another jump next year. Um, he seems like a candidate though, that if he starts next season slow, he is going to like really, uh, fall off a cliff in value there. Yeah. I mean, he finished below Jalen Waddle, who has better draft capital. He finished below Michael Pittman and who is in the same draft class as him. I believe this is Pittman's second year. Yeah. And he's like regarded as way better than both. I mean, people have Waddle pretty high, but like not wide receiver three and Waddle had a better rookie season than CD had sophomore season. Um, so I just don't know where the disparity comes from there. Um, but who do you like I, more? I would take either of those guys over him right now. But at the at their prices, I certainly probably would take them over him, just given the value perceived in the market. Who do you like more between CD Lamb and DK Metcalf, dynasty wise? That's tough. Uh, are we assuming Russ stays? Uh, we're assuming that we don't know anything like we do right now. I'd probably take CD just for the QB certainty. Yeah. Um, but uh, CD or Tyreek Hill? I'd take Tyreek. What about I'm Cooper Cup? Um, probably Cup, honestly. What about Debo? That's probably a push for me. Let's have the Debo conversation because he was awesome again today. And he is one of the most perplexing players, I think, to value in Dynasty because I guess I'll give the bull case, first of all, and then I'll give the bear case. The bull case is that he was awesome as a rookie. Um, he missed time last year, but as soon as he came back, like whenever he's healthy, he has been great. Um, and now, at the end of this year, they are finding ways to get the, balls in his, the ball in his hand, uh, more so than Kittle, even. Um, and that in large part has taken shape in the form of him being used as a running back now to where he's getting like 10 carries a game. It feels like, and he's getting a bunch of jet sweeps and all of that stuff. Um, and he's young and the 49ers offense is not projected to go away anytime soon. You've got Shanahan there. Who's gonna, I mean, look, if Shanahan likes Debo, he's going to continue to manufacture him touches. Right. And so that's the bull case. I think the bear case on Debo is that, 
Um, there are a lot of weapons in that offense. You've got Debo and Ayuk, who really came on the scene at the end of this year um, after being kind of bad at the beginning of the year, but really turns it on in the second half. Um, Kittle's there. Obviously, like Eli Mitchell, they love running him. And the, the future of the team is probably Trey Lance. And every time that we've seen Trey Lance this year, they have become extremely run heavy. Um, now, if Debo is a running back, what does that mean? I don't know. Also, the other thing is that if they're moving towards Debo being a running back, we know that running backs, like the wear and tear of the position, they just hit their prime earlier and they fall off earlier, just given how many hits they're taking and all of that. Like, is that going to happen to Debo? And do you need to bake that into his positional value? Um, I know right now he is wide receiver seven on keep trade cut. Um, I don't know. Oh, and the other thing on the bear case, sorry, is that his efficiency has been insane. Like his yards over yards after reception over expectation and his yards after carry over expectation have been insane. Like number one in the NFL and both are like pretty close to. And so you're really like, if you're betting on Debo, you are betting on the fact that he is going to remain like elite, elite at uh, breaking tackles after the catch and getting more yards than he's expected to. And so at wide receiver seven on keep trade cut, like what is kind of your, your outlook on Debo Samuel moving forward? I just think he's a fascinating player right now. I mean, I feel like I've been lower on Debo than you have at least. I've probably been at market on Debo for the whole time. Um, but I think maybe you were higher on him than I was um, and maybe market was, but it's true. I don't know. I agree. He's hard to value. Um I do think Greenfield probably sold him early this season as we saw his value peak. I think this is probably its peak. I can't see it going any higher than it is right now. I guess if he starts next season on the same pace and somehow Garoppolo still has the job, then maybe. Um, I have a hard time believing Ayuk and his talent just keeps playing like wide receiver three in that offense. Um, But also Shanahan seems to just do whatever the hell he wants. So. He doesn't want Ayuk touching the ball. He'll make sure Ayuk isn't touching the ball. Also, Deontay just scored. Oh, no. What's the score now? It's not close. 35 to 14. Oh, my God. 35? I thought it was 28. How did they even uh, score the second touchdown? And then the Chiefs – or then the – Oh, Terry Kill. Yeah. Um, but um, I forget. Yeah, I don't know. Debo's wide receiver says is probably fair. I would be selling this offseason if I had him, though, so – you think? I guess I told you I am lower on him than market currently, but it's closer than it used to be. Travis, do you have Debo Samuel thoughts? Well, my thought my thought was: Is there any chance that you could see like sleeper changing his position to be like an RB slash wide receiver, and does that change his value? Because I think it does. It definitely changes his value. Absolutely, yeah. Depending on, I mean, you're getting whatever you need. At some point in every fantasy season, you're going to be low on one or the other of those two positions, and you basically yeah. can flex them into either one of those positions. Um, Is there any like, right. precedence for that on yeah, I mean, ESPN? Them, guys, yeah, that's the only example I can think I of. I only know how baseball works, and usually like it's, it's much more clear in baseball. Like If you get 10 starts, typically you can change that to like 25 or 5 yeah. or whatever, but you get 10 starts at a position per season, you like gain eligibility at that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's not starting as a running back, so I don't think they'll use that, but I mean, 
they'll definitely I think based on last year and Taysom Hill it kind of seems like ESPN just on football side does whatever the hell they want with eligibility if they like <laughs> It's if my the people tweet at, if the people tweeted them enough, they'll just change it, and it's like okay. Yeah. Um, so I could see that happening, but it probably well, yeah. won't happen until like a game or two into next season because I can't imagine the 49ers just announce over the offseason like, "Hey, he's going to be both now." No. It's like, yeah. so you can't just preemptively do it and then cause outrage. Right. And that's yeah, I mean that was my that was my only thought. Um, other than that, I think I agree with you. Is that I don't think that his value goes any higher than what it is now, especially with how he's run at on the 49ers. I I don't foresee him lasting or having that high of a shelf life. At least not the same shelf life that a normal wide receiver was. And given the bulk of touches he's been getting this season and probably going in, into next season, I I don't think his value gets any higher than it is now. Tink, if you had to guess how old Debo Samuel was, what would you say? 25. 26. Yeah, I was going to say, I just looked it up. <laughs> Older than I thought. I, I kind of thought you would be 25. Yeah, because he's only in his third year. I mean, what's he's like a year younger than... Let me check what his birthday is. Maybe he's just... Yeah, he must... He, I feel like he had to. His birthday is January 15th. Oh, it was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Let me happy. Let me be the very first to wish Debo Samuel a happy late birthday. <laughs> Good for Debo. Okay, so yeah, he's basically that. 25. Yeah. I mean, still, it's older than you'd want. But yeah. Tink, what do you think is the biggest uh, reason to be uh, pessimistic about Debo moving forward out of the things I said, or if you have a different one? I'm not sure Trey Lance can pass, and I know Garoppolo can't pass. So. Garoppolo gets too much hate, man. Do you think that okay? If the 49ers win the Super Bowl next year, who is the? What do they do in the offseason? If like to to win to have won, like if if Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl for the 49ers this offseason, and like basically does it the exact same way that they did it today, where it's like he manages the game and they win close ones, but he like does just enough. If they win the Super Bowl, is he the starting quarterback next year? Or do they, do they trade chance? Do they trade Jimmy? What do you think? I think if he wins the Super Bowl and then is a free agent, I think they let him walk. Because one, I think he's some team is going to be willing to pay him Super Bowl winning money. And I think they'll know that he's not worth that. So it's like, why? I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see it them paying him, but I, I don't know his contract status. Um I'm looking it up. Yeah, he is a free agent after this season. That's crazy. After, after oh, wait. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's he, this is his last year. This next year, yeah, twenty two. Okay. So he would. Have so he's to... under contract. They could run it back with Jimmy one more time. Oh, okay. So they. I'm. I had already assumed they had not won the Super Bowl this season because I can't imagine them winning the Super Bowl this season. Um, I don't know. I don't think they trade him. That's for sure. What if they make the Super Bowl? What if they make the Super Bowl and lose? If they make the Super Bowl and lose. He's gone. Especially because I feel like he's going to not play well. Where is he going to go? Game manage the Super Bowl two times in a row and lose both of them and be like, oh, the next time will be different. Like you're just gone. Yeah, well, but he's still under contract. So what do you? He's benched. He's Trey Lance time. You don't trade up to number three and then lose the Super Bowl and not start that quarterback you traded up for. If they're okay, well, no. If there's one thing that Kyle Shanahan has taught us this year is that he does not give an f about draft capital 
as evidenced by Trey Sermon being like their second round pick and being a healthy scratch on day one and hardly seeing the field at all. And then Elijah Mitchell being the starting running back the whole season. I, I really don't think he cares about draft. Yeah, but also, I'm sure he cares about points. losing three Super Bowls. If, this is assuming they lose. <laughs> if they win, then it doesn't matter. He probably stays the QB. I mean, he's obviously not going to get benched after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. But assuming he game manages himself to another loss in the Super Bowl, there's I don't see a single way where Shanahan can stick with him and ownership is like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. They're going to be like, we traded up so much for this guy. We're starting him to see what we have. Could be a Rodgers situation. Especially with how hard it is to keep defenses together, like this elite defensive line they have and the O-line. Like this, Their window is not eternal. Like They have to yeah. get some upside somewhere else soon. So That's fair. Okay, well, I guess that's it for the Cowboys. That's it for the 49ers. Let's talk yeah. about... Let's talk about other playoff games. Um, let's kind of go through them one at a time. There's nothing really to hit on. We don't really need to hit on it. But I tell you, the Steelers are the worst team I've ever seen in my life. I actually think I'd rather be the Lions. What did they do? They're just they're just terrible. Yeah. Well, do you, do you, do you, want, to, do you want to start there? <laughs> <laughs> we knew this, though. What do you think the Steelers do this offseason at quarterback? Ben's retiring, right? He's got to. Yo, he's already said it. They, there's no way I just watched well, the whole world cry about his last game at Heinz Field for him to not retire. I don't know, but I guess I, I, more so than more so than Ben retiring. Do you think they? Do you think they're a team that makes sense to like draft a rookie and try to build around him? I feel like they've got pieces right now where it kind of makes more sense for them to go in on like a Jimmy if he comes available or Kirk Cousins or. I mean, Russell Wilson is a pipe dream or just something like that, you know, like a, a veteran who can kind of come in and steer the ship over a rookie. But yeah, I was I actually going to talk about that. Like if you were a Russell Wilson, would you rather want to be on the Broncos or the Steelers? And to me, it's the Steelers. Um, they have, I think, a better, better-ish or equal probably wide receiver core and a much better defense. Um, and you have Tomlin, who I think is a pretty good coach. Um, versus the Steelers a very are basically – they're basically the Seahawks of the AFC, I feel like. Yeah, I like think a long-tenured head coach. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe he wants to go somewhere else. I think it kind of depends on who Denver hires at head coach maybe, but... Yeah, I think that's what they're interviewing. I mean, Denver has made it very clear that they are going after Rodgers by only interviewing the Packers coordinators and passing yeah. game and whatever. Um, Rodgers is staying. I don't know why people think they're going to get Rodgers. Yeah, he's just put that on to get a huge contract and yeah he's gonna so i hope he does or i hope i trade Devontae adams honestly if i'm sure i might draft a rookie he it literally can't be worse than rudolph or haskins and it's like a weak qb class and i feel like we see this all the time where a team that's actually set up to make a super bowl run that's only missing a qb and a rookie can come in and just like succeed right away versus like putting a bona fide very talented QB in Lawrence and on the Jags and he looks terrible. But if you put yeah. like some of these later QBs like Dak, take Dak, for example, fourth round QB put into a good offense and a good team situation. And he excelled right away. Um, I feel like it could be one of those situations where they just strike gold in a ready to win team. Um, but they have to obviously pick the right person. So 
So, so Stetson Bennett to the Steelers is what I'm hearing. Yes, exactly. Dear God. Uh, Travis, what's your thoughts on uh, Kirk Cousins? Okay, I'm glad you asked because I was just thinking that I would love to see Kirk Cousins on the Steelers. Uh, me too. I think that, <laughs> that would be so much fun. I mean, I mean, Tomlin already lets, like, even he lets Big Ben just launch the ball. I mean, imagine what he was going to do with Kirk. Exactly. I would love to see it. And I think that it would. it's kind of like a mutually beneficial thing because I don't think the Vikings fans want to see Kirk back there again. No. Um, and I think the Steelers fans would be excited about seeing Kirk. So could be a win-win. Yeah, I don't really know what the Vikings are doing. I mean, they completely cleaned house. They fired their coach and GM, I'm pretty sure. And so if they really want to start over, get rid of Kirk too for some picks, right? Um, but the Steelers would be awesome. Like he, I don't know, we've seen him on with good receivers. Like I think him, give him Claypool and Juju and, and Deontay and Najee Harris, like that's that's not too different from what he has in Minnesota. Deontay first, by the way, you have Sam. Oh, I said Deontay third, extreme Claypool first, Deontay third, extremely intentional. And Juju um, is going to be this offseason, so. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I would love to see Kirk on a, on another team. I I don't think that Kirk is like good. I think he's like the tier below Dak of like he's Dak is good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Kirk probably isn't, but he's definitely good enough to make playoffs and like have fun and with that Basically team. Jimmy G, except yes. better. Oh, for sure. Oh, they're in he's the same. Back yeah. in Jimmy G, somewhere in there. Yes, for sure. Um, Jimmy G went okay. to a Super Bowl, so. Uh, do you think? Mm, no, I'm not going to ask that. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to um, Raiders Bengals. Uh, uh, yes. Think any. I, I totally forgot for the people that are still in the sports group, me, which those listening to this podcast might not, might not be many of you. I was kind of reminiscing on this. We had a massive argument right before the season started. It was probably the biggest argument we had of the off season, honestly. And it was about more debate argument implies we were mad. Uh, you made, I was mad. mad. I was mad. I anyway, was about it. We were <laughs> arguing about the Bengals versus the Raiders. I was team Bengals, uh, Tink was team Raiders, and this all was prompted by we were recording a podcast, and on this podcast, we made a bet about Joe Mixon versus Josh Jacobs, and my argument was the Bengals offense is going to be very good, therefore, Joe Mixon is going to have opportunity, and he's going to naturally be a good fantasy running back. You said, no, the Bengals offense is going to be terrible, and Joe Mixon, they're only going to win like four games quote from you they're only going to win four games so he's going to suck and josh jacobs is going to be elite because the raiders offense is going to be really good they're going to like be a good team and make playoffs and i said no the raiders are going to be the worst team in the nfl and so we were both like aggressively wrong about the other team that we were arguing but also pretty correct about the team that we were defending like i loved the Bengals and they were good and you loved the raiders and they were also begrudgingly i'll say good um, I have no idea how they made the playoffs. Yeah. So so it all came to a head this week um, in the playoffs. Bengals versus Raiders, the craziest showdown. Literally, the I've scrolled back in my text messages. I was searching. 
I found the argument. I was just scrolling through it laughing. It was the night before NFL kickoff, the Saturday night before week one of NFL, like that the full Sunday slate kicked off. We were arguing so much still about Bengals Raiders after the initial argument had been a week before we were still talking about it. And so um, the Bengals ended up winning, of course. And so I'm going to declare myself the official winner of this argument. Um, but Tink, any thoughts from an NFL perspective, from a fantasy perspective on the Bengals Raiders game? Um, the Raiders absolutely need another wide receiver. Um, I think they know that as they've constantly tried to get one by drafting one and then trying to get AB. Um, I mean, they took two. They took Ruggs and Brian Edwards um, last year or two years ago. Um, and against all odds this season, um, they somehow made the playoffs. Like if you were to ask me which nine teams the Raiders beat, I don't think I could tell you. I, I simply don't remember them getting nine wins. I don't know how that happened. It was insane. My biggest, my biggest bet of the offseason on like futures was I had two. The two teams I faded, the Raiders under – and the Steelers under both overs hit by a half game. <laughs> and half, it, was like, it was like under eight and a half. They both won nine or something. My two biggest. And how did either of those teams make playoffs and win games? I have no idea. Both teams. It was like, they were going up against backup quarterbacks, COVID issues. Raiders went two and zero in overtime, like insane. Anyway, sorry. Just remembered. I'm like tilting again over the fact that the Raiders and Steelers were both good, even though both teams suck. And that was the whole thesis of the play. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how the, I truly don't know how the Raiders won nine games. I do think Derek Carr is pretty good. I, I like him. I think he should stay. Um, I'd like to see him with actual weapons. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, it's also like they were without Waller for like the entire like stretch to the end. And they still somehow did it. I don't, know how um i mean they have to hire a ton of new people so they're gonna have a high variance of like what their season looks like next year Um, yeah i mean yeah i i I have no idea how watching that raiders game it's literally just Derek carr just lobbing the ball to darren waller every single play and i don't know i i didn't watch any raiders games without waller i don't know what they did without him they won every game apparently yeah Yeah. I feel like every time I watch that game too, like Brian Edwards was dropping a pass that should have gone for 50 yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I can, as someone with Brian Edwards on their dynasty team, I can confirm that I hate him. Yeah. I remember Brian we watched, Edwards and Zay Jones. We watched like Thursday night football week one and Brian Edwards or whatever game. It was like the Raiders Ravens in that yes. crazy game. Yeah. 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 And it like zero Edwards yards. Almost yeah. Almost iced the game with like 80 yards in the yes. overtime alone. Yes, he had like zero yards through three quarters, and then he ended up with like 100 yards in touchdown. Everyone was like, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and Mudge looked good, and Waller looked good, and Renfro yeah. emerged, and you're like, wow, this team could be pretty good. And then it all yeah. went downhill, and they still persevered. So I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting to watch. The Raiders broke my heart again because I did have Raiders plus six in that game against the Bengals, and they – did everything they could to not cover when they were down 10 and they had fourth and three from the three with like three have, minutes left. They kicked a field do you have goal the Chiefs in this game or do you have the Steelers? Which side do you take in your, I had the chiefs. So okay. I'm finally going to losing. I mean, I in trouble right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, for those that don't know, 
I have been um, in the sports group me. I've been sending my against the spread picks um, kind of for fun, kind of because I was like, ah, maybe I'll go 13-0 this offseason. Because last, really last playoffs was like the the heater of all heaters. Like the probably the like biggest hot streak I've ever been on gambling was like last year in the playoffs. I was like, I, my bracket was almost perfect. Like all this stuff. So I was like, I'm going to do it again this off season. So I've been sending my like against the spread picks right before they've uh, kicked off. And I'm Owen four so far. Um, I had the Raiders. They didn't cover by one point. I had the Patriots didn't cover by a lot more than one point. Um, I had the Eagles they honestly almost had a chance at a backdoor cover, but didn't get there, didn't deserve to cover. And then I had the Cowboys, which was partly just a homer pick because I wanted to take the Cowboys, but oh well. But then I had the Chiefs. And so I think the Chiefs <laughs> are going to cover 12 and a half. Um, I'll go to one and four. But anyway, um, speaking of Derek Carr, though, um, another quarterback who is probably going to be on a different team next season. Um I don't think that I don't think the Raiders are going to re-sign him or I get he's not he's under contract and actually I saw something let me look up his uh contract because I saw something the other day he is like severely underpaid for what he is right now um let's see well you while you do that yeah, uh, I just wanted to address the fact that a couple minutes ago, the Chiefs ran a goal line play where Travis Kelsey ran an RPO as the quarterback. Did he faked the handoff and threw a quick slant for a touchdown? Kelsey, oh my gosh! <laughs> no, not Nicole. Triple stack. The Chiefs triple stack is killing it tonight. It would be pretty funny if somehow, I mean, if you're in fantasy and got a throwing touchdown from not Mahomes by having the Chiefs triple stack. Is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire healthy? Is he even playing? I haven't seen him once. Oh, no. No, he hasn't. He's been injured since, like, week 15 of the regular season. That's right. I remember him being injured for fantasy playoffs, but I didn't know if that was true. Uh Um, Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Big Ben is limping. Big Ben is limping. Will he finish finish the game? (laughs) I want Haskins. I don't want Rudolph. He's terrible. I don't think he's going to have an ice pack on in about yeah. Oh, he's going to have an ice pack on. I mean, Mahomes is shooting Deontay. Mahomes has 400 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> that is insane. The Raiders this game, really cheat code. This game it's really got funny. off hand. <laughs> it was super funny this season that the Chiefs looked pretty bad, and then they played the Raiders, and they're like, ah, oh, yes, this is how we play football. And then they went through another down patch, and they played the Raiders again, and they haven't cooled off since playing the Raiders that second time. I don't think they've lost. So, Okay, well, question. is: Are the Chiefs getting to the place where they're now just like the Lakers or the Warriors yes. in the regular season, where they're just kind of bored until they get to the playoffs? Yes, and I think Andy Reid is the same way. I literally, I, I, I said that this season too on pods. I was like, they just don't care about these games. Like they look so lethargic. Like they, I mean, they almost got the number one seed regardless. They ended up losing a game down the stretch to the Bengals, which they really easily could have won too. But yeah, I, I do think their game against the Bills next week is going to be really interesting, though. Um, when I sent my playoff predictions, I said, I think whoever wins Bills-Chiefs is going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I kind of stand by that. Both those teams are firing on all cylinders. 
yeah, I I think they've gotten to the place where they just don't care about the number one seed anymore. So it's more just let's make it to the playoffs and then win out from there. Yeah. So back to back to Derek Carr. Um, he is making nineteen million next season, oh, which is fine. kind of insane because a lot of quarterbacks are making like forty million a year. Um, he has one year, aka left- Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's <laughs> making thirty at least. Yes. He has one year left on his contract for $19 million. That is like a, a really good trade asset for the Raiders. Um, I I hope, I don't know for sure, but like Raiders ownership, they have to look at that roster and know that they, they do not have like a contending roster, even with Derek Carr. Not in that but division. They could, get, they could get at least one first for Derek Carr with that contract and like, Maybe a team gives two firsts. Maybe they give a first and like a third or something. But yeah, they don't have Gruden anymore to like trump the owner on who to pick or like trump the GM yeah. on who to pick. So. so I guess my question is who do you, uh, who would be a fun team for Derek Carr to go to this offseason? Steelers. And why is it the, <laughs> and why is it the Vikings after they get was gonna. I was going to say the Vikings. <laughs> I was thinking I can just see Derek Carr playing in Minnesota and. Yeah. It would be more weapons than he's ever had in what about, Oakland slash Las what Vegas. About Packers to be reunited with Devontae Adams after oh my Rodgers. Gosh. <laughs> don't, don't put that juju on. People forget they, were, they <laughs> balled out at Fresno State together. So No. Yeah, they were teammates. That's they got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams? Yeah, they both went to Fresno yeah. State. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. This is the first time hearing of that. How many years did they overlap? That's a good question. I'm like, I got you guys. Was that like an amazing team? Did they were they I'm ranked? Sure they were ranked that season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. With Derek I mean, Carr, Carr had a crazy season. Yeah, Carr had a nut season. Then he went like in the first round. I think Adams was the same draft. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I rem- I like knew who Derek Carr was. I don't think I knew who Devonte Adams was till he was in the NFL. But I guess I wasn't too tight on my Fresno State knowledge. Yeah, they were both in the 2014 draft class. That is crazy. Uh, Devontae started at Fresno State as a true freshman in 2011. Okay. And Derek Carr... Uh, yeah, same. That is crazy. <laughs> Why did no one tell me this? Why didn't either of you tell me this until right now? They totally are gonna they're gonna reunite in Green Bay. Dude, I'm telling you. It's also obvious. They're training the Austin. <laughs> they're friends. Yeah, they also their their season together, they went eleven and two. The one where they both got drafted, I guess, out of um I think they were wow. they won the lot they beat USC in the Las Vegas Bowl. In 2012, Derek Carr passed for 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. I mean, those are some good stats. I feel like that's exactly his numbers from this season. Yeah. (laughs) 131-7? That can't be that far off. Well, and then his senior year at Fresno, he passed for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. (laughs) 5,050. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez, you said he had 4,131. Yeah, this year he had 4,823. Their highest ranking was, I think they were ranked 15 twice during that season. 
Oh, in 2013, so Derek Carr's best season, Devontae had 1,700 of those 5,000 yards. What? Gracious. Yeah, they're definitely exciting. That is insane. They really might. They really might. Man. I think Aaron's coming back another year, but. I think so, too. I don't know where Aaron would go where he would have a better situation than he has right now. Probably the Cowboys. (laughs) Anywhere with the defense, Steelers. I mean, the Packers' defense is kind of sus, I will say. If they would have just not drafted Jordan Love and gotten a freaking defender, they would have been just in such a good spot. I respect the Packers for that decision. I don't see him going to the AFC West, like with the Chargers. There's no way – or not Chargers, the Broncos. Like, There's no way he's competing against Mahomes for a division title. That would be insane. Yeah. No way that happens. Do you still respect the Packers for picking Jordan Love, even though we've now seen that he's kind of terrible, <laughs> or at least a little bit that we have seen? I think I do. Yeah, because like if you're if you're the GM of the Packers and you don't have a quarterback waiting in the wings, and Aaron Rodgers leaves this offseason, everyone would be like, "Man, like what were you thinking? Not even having a backup option to replace Aaron right. Rodgers, you know." Counterpoint though, could they not have gotten a quarterback in like the fourth round and been like, yeah, well, yeah. this is going to be like our guy who can sit behind Aaron and not use their sure. first round pick? Sure, maybe they shouldn't have taken someone who sucked, but I don't think they knew at the time <laughs> that Jordan Love would suck. I mean, it's basically the same situation that Steelers are in where they like took a theoretical backup plan, he sucked, and then they just now are kind yeah. of stuck with their terrible backup plan. So maybe Jordan yeah. Love is good. Do we have enough evidence that Jordan Love sucks? Do we? He lost the line. No, no, no. We definitely don't have enough evidence. I don't think we. But did. again, my question. We won a my game. My question is though, they they had a they have a competing team. It's not time to think about like the future years. It's time to think about now. And yet they were still GM was saving his butt in future years instead of just trying to win the Super Bowl. What's everyone's thoughts on Tyler Huntley? Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? He's a starting quarterback on the Ravens and that offense alone. Like an offense perfectly tailored around his skill set, which is essentially just a light version of Lamar's skill set. He was pretty good this year. Yeah, but so was Lamar. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Don't don't take this as an anti-Lamar like segment no, here. I love, I love but Tyler Huntley... Seems like he could be a starter. I don't know. There's some really bad quarterbacks that are starting for NFL teams. You can't tell me that Tyler Huntley is worse than those guys. He's. I would take him over Garoppolo. What? Okay. Pause. (laughs) What? I think Garoppolo is terrible. I think Jimmy's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Okay, here's the question. Would you take Huntley over Tua? Uh, that's a, that's a good one. I kind of think two is terrible. And dude, when he throws the ball, it looks like it's coming at half speed, like compared to other people. I don't like, think either are very good, but I think that I would just rather have Tua because at some point people thought that he was going to be really good. So like, maybe you can reclaim that versus Huntley. Like I, I don't know. He's like, he is what he is. I think. Yeah. I also just can't. Anytime I see Huntley on the back of a jersey, I immediately think Brett Huntley from yes. UCLA. Yes. I I cannot get that visual out of my head. Wasn't he also a Packer at one point, Brett Huntley? 
I think yeah, he, was. he was. Yeah, he briefly was. He was this terrible. is the right audience for that take, as Tink is probably very familiar with the UCLA quarterbacks. Yes, I am. And also, <laughs> specifically, Brett Hundley, as he led me to an undefeated season in Madden 2018. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it. I just remember that. <laughs> Yeah, when Trent and I made a connected dynasty in like Madden 2017, and I went undefeated, and Brett Hundley, Latavius Murray, and like <laughs> Philip Dorsett or something, I don't even know, some other, no, Justin Forsett maybe, all ran for 1,000 yards. I don't cool. know how you did it, but that game was a hack, because Brett Hundley was the best quarterback in Madden 17. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Even his boosted stats, he was like a 99 in everything. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Okay, so that covers it for Bengals Raiders. Let's move on to the next game. Um, <laughs> that was the weirdest Bengals Raiders segment of all time. <laughs> we recapped it with Brett Hundley, we'll the Titan, my fake franchise. We'll move on to the next game, which is Bengal or I'm sorry, Bills Patriots. Um, I did not watch any of this game. Um, final score was 47-17, and I think my take is that Josh Allen is like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which is probably not like a hot take, but he might be top three right now, top four. I don't know. This kind of feels like, at at least in the NBA, like there's, it like always happens before you think it's going to happen with certain stars. Like LeBron made the finals with the Cavs the year before everyone thought he was going to like Giannis did the same thing. Steph did the same thing. Like this might be the Josh Allen, like, man, people aren't really expecting him to be, like, the guy. And then the playoffs happen, and he becomes the guy and kind of catapults himself to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If it happens, I don't know. That would be my take, but he could also lose lose to the Chiefs in the next round. Who knows? I feel like he was already there last year um, Hmm. when he and Diggs were just insane. Um, Maybe the Bills did did what the – Chiefs did, and they just also got bored this season and didn't really care about regular season games. Uh, the Diggs thing is crazy. Let's circle back to the Diggs thing after you guys keep your takes. But, I mean, he looks pretty amazing. I would put him at at worst three right now. I think it's probably Mahomes, Allen, and then whoever you want at three. Probably Brady. Rogers. 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 Brady. Round out the top five, maybe. I don't know who's five. Yeah. I had Roger. I had Allen at four, I think, in my – in my QB Rogers at two. I had Mahomes, Rogers, Brady, which are and these are like the definitive, undisputed QB rankings list. So you can't really I argue. Have, I think I have Josh Allen over Brady, just because he's mobile. I really enjoy the mobile aspect of things. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not gonna like argue with that. Because I do have them in the same tier, but I don't really have numbers in front of me. I mean, I know that numbers wise, Brady and Rodgers at least are having much better seasons as they're many candidates. But Brady is insane still, and we'll yeah. we'll get to that whenever we talk about <laughs> Buccaneers Eagles. But continue with with your Bills takes and your uh, Patriots takes. I, I want to like the Bills so bad, but Tommy and Beggs love them so much, and so I simply cannot. But other than that, they're the most likable team potentially in the NFL. I mean, who hates Buffalo? True. So, I don't know. I think yeah. they're pretty good. Fair. Travis? Yeah, uh, I actually did watch this game. Um, my take my take is, one, is – I have a few takes. One, good. the Bills made the Patriots look like 
Like, how the heck did they make the playoffs? It was kind of like a clowning. Yeah. Um, they were like the Patriots two, were the one seed, like at the later latter half of the season. Like, they were the number one yeah. AFC seed. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and they got to the playoffs. And you watch, if you watch that game, you were like, how are they here? Um, but I think the Bills just have the ability to do that to a lot of teams. Um, my second take is that Buffalo is awesome just because of like the fans and the environment. I don't, yeah, it's it, like you said, it's hard to watch a Buffalo game and not be like, dang, I kind of want to root for Buffalo. Um, I, t- I haven't gotten personally involved in any of the Buffalo Bills arguments that you guys frequent in the group me. So I feel like I can kind of root for Buffalo or at least like them a little bit more than y'all can because y'all staunch takes on either side of whatever argument is happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I, I'm now, I didn't necessarily agree with Trent's take that the winner of Chiefs Bills will win the Super Bowl, but after watching the Chiefs now and the Bills yesterday, I think I can get behind that take. Yeah. I think it's fair. I mean, the Bills looked awesome. Patriots, yeah, I think that's – I'm glad you brought that up, that the Patriots not very long ago were the number one seed in the AFC and were like the team I – don't, I don't know if they were ever the team to beat, but they were at least the team with the best record. And I never thought they would lose by – 30, 40 points in the playoffs. Um, but the Bills made it look pretty easy. And so, I don't know. I guess from a fantasy perspective, Tink, I would love to hear your thoughts. Two players in particular. One, Devin Singletary. Two, Stephon Diggs. But I'm going to start with Devin Singletary because, I mean, his value has gone, like, it's been a roller coaster all season. Like, week one, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Weeks two through five or six, Zach Moss was RB1 in that offense. And then you go on throughout the rest of the year. It's like you get a few Matt Breida games, a few Singletary games, a few Moss games. But then over the last, like if you've been watching the snap counts over the last six to seven weeks, it has been Devin Singletary's offense. He is getting like 90% of the snaps, 90% of the carries. And I mean, as we know, like, if you are the running back one on a good offense, a la James Conner, a la Leonard Fournette, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you are going to be a great fantasy running back. And so for Devin Singletary, how much do you trust that he's going to be the RB1 moving forward? And are you like buying him going into next season, just given how good the Bills offense is going to be? I mean, are we allowed to make an exception where if you're the RB1 on a good team and you're not even a top 20 running back and you're with that, like you're, I just don't see him become, I don't see him becoming a bell cow in that offense. Um, Sounds like Leonard Fournette. (laughs) But Leonard Fournette has been, had been about bell cow before he had done it the year prior or two years. Yeah. Or I guess to this year. Um, And he had done it his whole career. He'd been a three down back. Um, I mean, I do think the Bills finally figured out that Singletary is the most talented running back they have, which is good. It took them three years, I guess two years. Um, but I guess, do you, I mean, it's not like they became a much more balanced team this year, though. They were, like, still threw the ball probably at the highest clip in the NFL. Maybe the Chiefs threw more. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess. I, and also, like, it's not like Josh Allen – 
stop being the goal line back. He still runs a ton at the goal line. Um, but I mean, I guess if you're, if, I mean, what he went for like a third or a fourth this off season, like if you're buying him for a second, yeah, I think that's absolutely worth it. Kind of like Lenny is it's worth a shot, you know? Yeah. But I don't think anyone's paying up a first um, for him at this point. I don't think you're getting that if you're selling no. him. Um, I don't think you're accepting less than a second given his upside as the RB one potentially on a top offense in football. So you're kind of just stuck for now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty anti running back in general, just with how fragile the position is. This is a take that I've made abundantly clear on this podcast and in our text conversations. And so I don't know if I would trade anything for Singletary right now with how much time is left between now and the start of next season. But like, if next season starts and he's a running back one in Buffalo, I don't know. Like he's got, he's going to be a top 12 running back. If he's, if he's the one running back in Buffalo that they trust, given how good that offense is, he will be a, a running back one. And he's probably not going to be drafted that way. He's not going to be valued that way, but I don't know. I'm fine paying that price next season. Um, I kind of think the Bills take another fourth round but, running back. I think right. they just, well, that's the thing. Yeah, so you don't trade for that now, but yeah. I don't know. In the future, who knows? Yeah. Um, let's talk about Stefan Diggs, which I think is a really interesting use case because it seems like Cooper Cup this year is the Stefan Diggs of last year. Um, yeah, yes. Not to say that Cooper Cup is going to kind of do whatever Diggs did this year. Not really what I'm implying, but in general, it's like. Cup was really good. Um, by really good, I mean like he was a really solid wide receiver. He was being drafted in like the fourth, fifth round of redraft drafts. Was fine. And then out of nowhere, catapults to like the number one wide receiver for Diggs. This was last year. Um, and then this year, one year after that uh, breakout season, I don't know exactly what he finished at. I should have pulled it up. But um Kind of had a down year. I think he still finishes a top 12 wide receiver, but given even given what the Bills' offense was this year and how good Josh Allen was and how good the Bills' offense was, kind of interesting that Stephon Diggs didn't finish higher. Uh, and right now he is the number 12 wide receiver on Keep Trade Cut. He's 28 years old, but Josh Allen is great. The Bills' offense is great. He's still the wide receiver one in that offense. I don't know. I have a hard time, like, even generating an opinion about Stephon Diggs, so I would love to hear you guys' thoughts to see if you can sway me one way or the other. I'll let Travis go. <laughs> I was hoping that Sink would go, honestly, because I just don't – I also don't really have a strong opinion. How old is Stephon Diggs now? 28. Yeah, I figured he was closing in on the older side. I don't know. If I could get a... If you could sell Diggs for a good price right now, I don't I don't hate that. I would say that. Coming off of a pretty dang good year. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. But I, I, I don't have a really strong opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I think it's... I mean, I think as Allen gets better and better, he's going to spread. I mean, we saw it a lot this season. He's going to spread the ball around a lot more. I mean, he made he made Dawson Knox like a very viable tight end option. 
Emmanuel Sanders looked amazing early in the year. Um, Cole Beasley last season, less of this season, has looked very good um, at times. And now with Singletary's emergence, I think there's just tons of weapons there that they might not have even known they had. Um, and I think Diggs is good enough to where if he is the only option, he can still be viable, you know, like he can take the number one corner on and, and score touchdowns and have three touchdown games and kind of just light a team up with with Allen. But now he doesn't really need to do that anymore because Allen's gotten so good. Um, so I'm kind of the same way. Like, I guess if you can sell it for a younger asset with like, and maybe take a hit on the immediate return, but get some long-term value back for him. I think that's not a terrible idea, but I mean, 28 is far from the end of the shelf life of a wide receiver. He doesn't have a terrible injury history. Um, he's stayed relatively healthy. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah. I, could see, I could also see it just writing it out. You know, you don't get your price, you write it out. You, you can find a lot worse options there. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think you're going to see like a drop off at anything, like any significant drop off, but I don't think that you'll see him do anything significantly better either. So it kind of just depends on pricing is what I would boil it down to. Yeah. He's going to slip, I think and redraft ADP a little bit, but I'd feel fine taking him to at where he slips. Like, I don't think I'd take him as like the second or third receiver off the board, but yeah. I like where well, he's going Speaking of value, Tink, would you rather have uh, Stephon Diggs or T. Higgins? Mm, I think Diggs. Sorry, Trent. I'm sorry. I know you uh, you're wrong. Diggs. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have Diggs or Deontay Johnson? Probably Diggs still. Okay. That's how it goes on keep trading. bias against your players. It's, I, I love my own players, but I'd still take Diggs, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to do a team argument. It literally, on keep trade t- cut, it goes Higgins, Diggs, Deontay, um, and then after that, it goes DJ Moore. Who would you rather have, DJ Moore or Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs. I'm taking DJ Moore, but you know, you I love, love DJ Moore, and for what and why? I don't know. They would, if you're listening to this, text me. I'm interested in DJ Moore. Still, you really almost <laughs> traded Devonte Adams for DJ Moore, like. At the trade so many line. times, so many times, I almost did it. I don't but know. I didn't. It, wouldn't have been it, would have hurt. it would have hurt Jay Wood and you. So I guess yeah, I know. Fine. I know. What about uh, Chris Godwin coming off a uh, injury? Gosh, that's. I, I, there's so you many. With, to, with the, this with one, the, Godwin's too high. Yeah, but, with the question mark of Godwin, and he's also not like young. He's I think 26. No. Um, he's 25. Okay. So, we love I mean, overestimating Godwin's age. Yeah, it's the yeah. second podcast that we've done that. I feel like he's older. He's, he's like 28 years old. Yeah. When's his birthday? I mean, he's still on, like, I think his rookie contract. I think he's still on his rookie contract. So yeah. I don't know why I think he's so old. But with the question mark of, like, where he's going to be next season, I think if he comes back to the Bucks and you and Brady keeps playing that level, I th- actually, I think I still want Diggs just because I think he's – they still have, they'll still probably have Gronk and they'll for sure have Evans. So, um, I'd take Diggs because uh, I think more talented than the rest of his opponents. Yeah. Godwin, Godwin turns 26 next month, by the way. So, well, happy early birthday, Chris Godwin. So, sounds like you would <laughs> take Diggs. Sounds like you would take Diggs in literally all of these scenarios. So, I guess let's move forward. Would you rather have Diggs or Devontae Adams? Adams. They're roughly Diggs. the same. 
Diggs or DK Metcalf? DK, I guess. But even then, I'm like, I don't know. I with the question mark with Russ, like yeah. with, with Diggs, you know you have Josh Allen. So give me give me Diggs again, I think. Diggs or Jalen Waddle? Oh my gosh. Diggs again. Why wow, Waddle's that high? Diggs. Really? Yes. Okay, so that who is okay, that's interesting. Two is terrible. Because Waddle is wide receiver eight on keep trade cut. And that's wild. He's I know, I mean, I know is he really? Have, yeah, I mean I know we have we have different views on keep trade cut. We obviously think they're pretty reactionary. I love Waddle more than I do. Because he's basically right, Deontay so. and two is basically big man. So why don't I love two Waddle? I don't know. I mean, if Deontay's thirteen then Waddle being eight and being a few years younger kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I agree. So are you low on on Waddle? Is that I'm, is that I'm low on ranking any first year wide receiver in the top five unless they have a Jamar Chase like season. Like well he's not top three, he's number seven. Or eight. No, I, know, I guess like that high. I I mean wide receiver eight still feels very high to be ranked like above Devontae Adams. He's ranked above Adams, is that right? And yes, Adams. Give, me, give me those guys. I can predict their value much better from year to year. I mean, Adams is going to be harder because yeah. of the Rodgers thing. But I mean, like Diggs, you can realistically expect maybe he'll drop like from wide receiver six in redraft to like eight or nine. But I mean, Waddle's variance could be like he could be 11 again, he could be 25. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I, don't I don't know. I'm kind of coming around on like. I'm coming around on the thesis that young wide receivers are just the safest bet in dynasty in the sense of like, they don't really lose value quickly from like a CD perspective. Like he was a rookie wide receiver. He did well. He was the number four wide receiver in dynasty, whether that was warranted or not, who knows? He has a disappointing season and he's still wide receiver four in dynasty, you know? And it's like, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, like, if you're like, number two, you're just not going to lose. Like, I think if you're if you have Waddle at wide receiver seven at this time next year, is Waddle going to be lower than wide receiver seven? Maybe. I don't. Probably. I don't. I really don't know. Like, if all the new rookie wide receivers will do Waddle seasons and then just jump them because that's the new hot thing. Yeah, but CD is still wide receiver four. Is my point. Yeah, like, his second year. I don't know why, but everyone has been fascinated with CD forever. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that those young wide receivers, like if, they, if you do good your rookie season, like you are going to have value for at least two years, regardless of what your performance is the next year. You know, Unless Hollywood Brown, then no matter what you can do, jumps you up the boards. You're just still wide receiver thirty five. Uh, yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to get this on a Hollywood Brown tangent because I have a lot. I like of Hollywood. I like if you're listening to this talking about Hollywood Brown. <laughs> all the way in on Hollywood now. I don't know how Me too. I've been I've been in on Hollywood for two years. <laughs> as as you well know. As you well know. Oh my gosh. Hollywood and Debo, those are our two biggest disagreements a couple years ago. And now I'm both of them back. I'm here now. Both of them have aged so well for me and yet I have zero shares of either of them in any of my fantasy leagues. And I mean I have none of them anyway. Um any Patriots takes? I know we're that was a they have like uh, zero advantage. Was a shoot from Bills Patriots, but any Patriots uh, takes from this playoff game? I think I don't want to touch that backfield next year. 
even though I think Ramon, I think they're actually, I don't think like Ramondra's good. He has the hype because he's a rookie, but like Damian Harris is a very capable back. Um, so I don't see him just like outright winning the job. And Bolden is still going to be the third down back, or I guess not Bolden. James White, the eternal James White will still probably be around somehow. I mean, if he's not, then it'll be Bolden. And if he's not, they'll trade for Burkhead again. Um, and he'll just be third down back. So I don't want any of their wide receivers unless, even if they sign someone, I don't want them. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone on that offense um, until proven otherwise. I'll stream Hunter Henry if Jay Wood doesn't keep him or something. But other than that, I don't really want to touch anything on that team. Yeah, yeah, I I feel similarly. I was I I looked up when we were talking about the Patriots earlier, and we were like, how did they go from the number one seed to, uh, you know, first round exit? Um, I was looking up their schedule and just going through like, like the Mac Jones's stats through all these games. I mean, he's only throwing like for like 200 something yards every single game. So when your offense is that limited, why would you want any of those fantasy weapons? Um, But I will say that I do have Damian Harris and he has been like a decently reliable back when he's healthy. So probably one of the better Patriots backs in recent memory, yeah. fantasy wise. I love but your point. That, yeah, I love your point about Mac Jones because I think that's worth discussing. Tink, who owns Mac Jones in our league? Is it Jones? That was my guess, but I don't know. If he doesn't, then it's Klein. I feel like. But I'll look it up. I can. Yeah, I can probably. Um, is Mac Jones worth keeping? In a one quarterback league. No one owns Mac Jones, so that pretty much answers our question. He's, no he's one owns Mac Jones? Unowned, yeah. What? You got, you got to think he's not being kept if he's currently a free agent in our league. I actually don't know if that's true. Did really? Have, I'm assuming you added him. but No, I didn't. But no one owns him? He was, he was added by Pulitz. At some point, probably in the draft, then he was dropped on October 13th, added by Jones, dropped by Jones on December 8th. No one picked him up. Okay, I did just add him. I had uh, to. Cool. No right. one is keeping Mac Jones? So my inbox is open for trade offers on, on this Mac Jones that I just picked up. Man, I don't... Two, what two is your... Bad year. Holy I didn't even realize. I guess he was what is your only. what's your long term outlook on Mac Jones? He's basically Jimmy G, and I hate Jimmy G. I think he's better. What? Actually. He's got to be better than Jimmy G. Come on, I think he's better, but I don't think he's significantly better. He's a rookie. You don't know that. You're right. Here's I, the question I have: Is he worth anything outside of Belichick? And maybe that doesn't matter because he'll always be with Belichick. He could be worth more outside of Belichick. I'd like, and I don't think he's always going to be with Belichick. <laughs> I think yeah. Belichick is gone pretty soon. If you were on like a, if you're on an Andy Reid offense, he'd be looking like Alex Smith in those Chiefs years right now. You know, like do it playing pretty well. I, I don't know if he's that good. <laughs> I feel like that's his peak, though. I mean, like he has the arm talent, he has the decision making skills. I think he. Yeah, I agree. Off. That could be that could be his peak. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's going to happen. I don't think it's that'll happen with Belichick, especially if they're not. Especially if they're shelling out like a hundred million dollars for Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Aguilar, and 
whoever else every offseason. Like, that's just not the answer there. So, I don't know. I, I, I think he needs more weapons to really find out. But, I mean, he's basically a game yeah, I, right now. And he got him to the playoffs his first year. So, he can't be that bad. It's funny, it, it's funny when you list all the Patriots players. Because the Patriots are kind of like the opposite of the Rams. Where the Rams have, like, every player is like the most identifiable big name player there is. And the Patriots are the opposite where they, you can list all of their offensive starters and you'll know like Mac Jones and that's it. Yeah. It's really funny. I mean that last game against the dolphins, like I actually didn't even know that one like practice squad player is catching all the touchdowns. I'd never seen that guy before. So I don't even know where the dude came from. So I just, yeah, I don't know how the Patriots spent all that money for the first time ever and walked away with, the same amount of talent as before, but maybe Jay Wood. We got to get Jay Wood on the pod to discuss. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's move on to Sunday games. Eagles bucks bucks won 31 to 15. It was not close for the entire game. Uh, The main discussion I want to have about this game is about the Eagles, specifically Jalen hurts who hurts was, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he was a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Um, I have the numbers in front of me, so. Okay. He was number nine. By top five, I mean top ten. <laughs> he, fell, he fell a lot at the end. What about by points per game? Did he miss any games this year? Um, points per game, he was a little higher, I believe. But he okay. didn't miss any games. He he. He missed one one game because I remember Gardner played. Oh yeah, he did miss one game, and then maybe they and then they benched him against the Cowboys, so that's probably why. Okay, great. So yeah, in my mind, he's top five. That's probably uh, fair. And yet, at the same time, he from this playoff game and really just from this entire season, kind of seems like he's not it, honestly. And the Eagles, same thing have a history of being pretty aggressive as like a front office and organization. I don't necessarily think that they're going to keep hurts as a starting quarterback going into next season. I think they're going to make a pretty strong play for Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to make a move in the draft. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think like if they don't internally, if they don't think that hurts is the answer, they're going to move on. And from a dynasty perspective, I think that's really interesting because Hertz was like one of the best dynasty QBs this year. And given his rushing upside, like really wherever he lands, he's going to be a good fantasy QB. And so like, I'm kind of struggling with how to value him. I don't own him in any of my leagues. And so I don't really have to focus on it too much, but it's just an interesting, interesting use case on, when the team probably doesn't believe in the guy and he's probably going to go to a new situation, like how do you kind of value him moving forward? Yeah, I can tell you halfway through the season, I offered Greenfield um, Hertz and a first for Mike Kyler Murray, and it was a res- it was a very quick no from Greenfield. I don't really think it was because he believed in Hertz. I think it was mainly like a one QB league. The first for Kyler really isn't necessarily a smart idea. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But honestly, maybe it is. I'm starting to kind of come around to that. Like if you have if you have if you're pulling a U in our redraft leagues, like streaming Bridgewater and Mac Jones week and Fields week to week, like you probably want to 
just pony up and get a bona fide top five QB. Um, like, I think, I mean, like, DeWillis kind of lucked out, but I mean, like, we all thought, like, he'd be fine with Tannehill coming into this season, and Tannehill really wasn't it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think Hertz is a starting QB. He's pretty bad. Um, I don't think so either. So I think they move on. I don't know if they draft one or trade for one or whatever, but like he's toast. Travis, Travis, what do you think? Hurts. Yeah. I, I've always been anti Hurts. Uh, it's, he's one of those guys where stats don't tell the whole story. If you look at his stats, you're like, Oh, he's like, he's like pretty good. And then if you actually watch him play, you would just know that he is definitely not the future. I don't think he's capable of winning a play. I mean, realistically, I mean, he is capable of winning one playoff game. He's not capable of winning multiple playoff games. So if you're the Eagles, I feel like you do go in a different direction. Fantasy implications obviously are, you know, but the thing is I could see him being picked up by another team. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he would be all right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it tough because I don't necessarily think that he's going to be on the Eagles in like the long term, but also he's probably good enough to be a starter in the NFL for the next where, 10 though. years. Yeah, but, but like, I don't, I don't know. It's teams are starting like Sam Darnold. They're calling Cam Newton. They're picking him up off the street. Like there are just not that many good quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I think Jalen Hurts is always going to have a job. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I don't know if a starter, but he'll definitely always be on a team. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll definitely be perennial backup, if nothing else. But I think that he will have a starting job. I just don't somewhere. know where. I'm trying to think, and I really can't think of a Raiders. <laughs> they get rid of Carr, sure. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It depends if it's like if the Eagles, Broncos. if the Eagles are trying to like. I mean, I think there's two options. One is the Eagles include him in a trade with a team that's like, like, for example, if they're trading for Carr, maybe they include Hertz as like, a, here's a young quarterback you can build around. Or they like sign someone in free agency or draft someone in the draft and they trade Hertz to a team that doesn't have a quarterback and totally needs someone. And so I have no idea where Hertz is going to play next season. It would kind of surprised me if he was the Eagles quarterback. I don't really know. Um, I'm kind of glad I don't own him anywhere to have to figure out what to do with him because I am not confident in his dynasty value at all. Um, Which leads me to Devonta Smith, which Tink, I know you probably have thoughts on because Devonta Smith is on your team. But rookie season, pretty good. Not great, but not terrible. I would say it's like an average rookie year for wide receiver. Quarterback uncertainty. Definitely the wide receiver one in the offense, which is good. I don't know. Sell me on Devonta Smith moving forward. Um, I honestly feel like this is about what I expected from him, given that Jalen Hurts was his quarterback. And also given just the Eagles wide, rookie wide receiver precedent that he was going against, the JJ, our Sega Whiteside and Jalen Rager being absolute busts. Like he 
is at least not a bust, you know, like he showed promise. He looked pretty good. Um, I mean, he scored a touchdown in his first game. He was getting peppered with targets, and then they decided to just run the ball 90% of the times. Uh, um, I mean, it, it's just weird to watch them in no way get him targets at all. Like, they, I mean, they talked about on the broadcast so many times today. They were like, they're playing 15 yards off Devonta Smith, and they're throwing bubble screens to Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. Like, why are they not? letting Devonta Smith run around. They're having him block on screens. It's like, why? Um, and that just tells me they don't think Jalen Hurts is it. Um, yes. so, and they probably don't want Devonta Smith running the screens. They don't want him getting hurt. Um, so uh, I would love for him to get a dad um, or a QB, as the TikTokers say. You know, then he needs a dad. Um, True. So – would love to see. I would take Gardner Minshew next year. If they want to run it back with him, I'm fine with that. He can't be worse than Hurts. At least he throws the ball. So, Where do you think uh, Deshaun Watson goes? Prison? Maybe. <laughs> as, he, as he should, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't think Deshaun Watson's playing in the NFL again, personally. But Really? The thing is, I think that he's going to. I'd regardless of his legal standing and if he's guilty or not, it does seem like he's going to sign with the team this offseason. Is he a free agent? Uh, I don't really know. I don't know either. I thought he signed an extension with the Texans. I don't think that he is a free agent. They'd have to trade him. Yeah, maybe. The way I understood it is there's like two girls – that are like holding out on settling and they really don't want to settle to keep him basically yeah. again. So, Oh yeah. He's under contract for a while. Yeah. He like just signed it and then he demanded a trade and then this happened. <laughs> it's chaos. It's tough. Um, so I don't know. It's not the dolphins anymore because Flores is the only one who wanted him. And now that Flores yeah. is probably potentially going to take the Texans job, like he's not going to want to get rid of him because he likes him more than Tua. Well, I've seen I've seen a couple of reports. I've seen one Panthers have been interested in him for a long time. For, for yeah, for a long time. And two, I've seen that Brian Flores and Deshaun Watson like have a good personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And wherever Flores ends up, that's where Watson might end up too. And so yeah. I mean if Flores goes to Houston, that would not obviously work out. But I don't know, if it goes somewhere else, who knows? Yeah. Maybe Matt Rule will missionary date uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so that was Bucks Eagles. Any other thoughts from Bucks Eagles? Don't want to move on too quickly. Uh, Mike Evans is undervalued. Is my main takeaway. He always he has a thousand yards every season, and every season he's like wide receiver sixteen in, in redraft. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Very safe asset, I think. I can tell you he's valued adequately by Bob, so no one's going to be trading for him. True. Yeah, fair. Um, okay. Thank you for that comment on the Buccaneers. Um, actually, did we watch Keyshawn Vaughn win the starting running back job in Tampa Bay? Maybe. Today? Did it, was he any good? I actually don't remember. He busted oh, off like he's a yard him, him and Giovanni Bernard split pretty 50-50. They're both fine. I think, I think they signed Lenny Q 
keep Vaughn and let Rojo walk because I Flinny, mean Bruce Arians hates Rojo so much. Are they both free agents, Lenny and Rojo? Yes, they're both free agents. Lenny signed a one-year deal, and Rojo's rookie year deal is up. Huh. Could be interesting. Maybe they both walk. Who knows? I don't see Lenny getting this opportunity anywhere else, so I think he'll just take whatever and stay if they want him back, and I think they do want him back. Um, but I think Rojo's gone for – if Rojo has a half-decent agent, and I'm not sure he has an agent, but if he, he might does, there's no way he comes back. That can't – Breeze. <laughs> Rojo. Rojo to Seattle. Start the movement, everyone. It's just me and a few Redditors on the movement, but I'm on it. And Trent, Trent, Trent you, you muted yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So okay. sorry. I, I did was worried about I was worried that I was just not hearing anything, but then Travis made a face, and I was like, okay. No, no, I did mute myself. Um, 49ers Cowboys, I think we discussed in good detail, and so I don't think we need to discuss that one anymore, which brings us to the last playoff game that we've seen thus far, which is Steelers-Chiefs. Just ended. Chiefs won, I think, 42-21 to 21 was the final score. So congratulations uh, on your bet. Yeah. You finally, you. You finally got back. one. Thank you. The first person to tell me congratulations on Chiefs minus 12 and a half or whatever the line was. Um, yes, I'm now one in four, which is a totally respectable win-loss record because I'm only three wins away from being 500, which I'm totally going to do over the next three wins, starting tomorrow with the Rams. And so stay on the lookout for that. Um, but anyway, Chiefs 42, Steelers 21. I watched the first half of this game, then I came to record this podcast. Chiefs are obviously much better than the Steelers, and time kind of bore that out over the 60 minutes of game time. I don't have much else to say, but I don't know if either of you have really strong hot takes from from the game that we watched tonight. Um, I did notice that Claypool had like the fifth least targets, um, so that's interesting as you're a pro Claypool guy. And then also, I wanted to right. ask if you're going to break up the chief stack this offseason. Can you do it three years in a row? Can you? Are you going to add more? Will you? Will you? Uh, take I mean, a, who's even left to add? Butker again? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I might. It depends on like price, obviously. But I mean, Mahomes tonight, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Kelsey had a passing touchdown and 100 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. And Tyreek Hill had 60 yards and a receiving touchdown. So tonight was like the ideal night to have the triple stack. Um, this offseason, sure, everyone's on the block. Everyone yeah. is always on the block yeah. at all times. Yeah. What would you say? I feel like CEH's value has absolutely tanked, though. Like there's no way he's – You say that? You say that? I actually don't really think that it has because – once again, I guess. So – once again, if you are a running back on one of the best offenses in football, you are going to be a good fantasy asset. That is literally just how the game works. And the Chiefs have shown a preference to CEH. Even when CEH and Daryl and Derek Gore are all healthy, CEH still is definitely the RB1 there. And because of that, 
I mean, yeah, if you draft a running back in the first round of the NFL draft, you hope that he's going to become one of the best running backs in the NFL. That is not happening with CEH. But at the same time, he's young and he's a running back on the best team in the NFL. And because of that, I kind of believe in CEH still. Would you rather have CEH or Singletary next year? If they're They're the same bet, but CEH is younger and has better draft capital and is on a better offense. Yeah, but he gets less and goal less competition. Now less competition. I'd argue he has more competition. No, Singletary, you need to look at his game log. As someone who had Singletary in a few leagues this year, Singletary, there are some weeks that he just was completely phased out. What, in about, favor of what about CEH or AJ Dillon? CEH, because I am kind of thinking that AJ Dillon is beginning to be overrated a little bit in Dynasty, but uh, yeah, CEH for sure. Hmm. What about CEH or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Oh my gosh. He's oh, wow, you hate Chubb. <laughs> so I was just interested to see what you said I there. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Let me see what Keep Trade Cut has to say. You hate Nick Chubb so much. I was kind of Let's see what the market has on CEH versus Chubb. Um, Chubb running back 10 on keep trade cut. CEH running back 25. Oh my gosh, he's fallen so much. 25. That's about what we expected. I mean, Dylan, he was like the RB6. He never was deserving of RB6. Dylan, RB23. That's about the range that you're getting. It's like Dylan, it's Dylan, Zeke Elliott, Dylan, Zeke, Damian Harris, CEH, Sanders, Fournette, Pollard. That's the range that we're talking about. We're not talking about Chubb range, but out of those guys, it's like, I don't know. Any Steelers takes? What about Saquon? Saquon, I, I'm, I mean, he's running back 14 on keep trade cut. I see the, I see both sides of the Saquon argument. I see like he's one of the most talented running backs in NFL history, like top tier, like number, I think he was drafted number two overall. Giants offense, he's like the focal point there as they improve. Like, he's going to continue to get better. He's so young. I see that side of the argument, but I also see the when he played and Devontae Booker played, Booker kind of looked better than Saquon for most of the season. I see that argument too. And so, I don't know. I'm not selling. I'm not buying. I'm not selling because I don't own him anywhere. And I'm not buying because I'm not interested in playing running back 14 prices for Saquon because I don't think he's going to get that much higher than that. So And also Jay Wood's charging running back one overall. Uh, exactly. For him, so. Yeah, in, in this league, I'm certainly not buying. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, well, I think that's I think that's it for the playoffs. We've, we've covered every single playoff matchup that's happened so far. I got to gloat a little bit about my dynasty matchup. I don't know if I've done it enough. But I will continue to do it over the next 12 months. Um, Thank goodness. I beat Bob. It felt good. Najee Harris had like a 50-yard run at the end of regulation (laughs) for touchdown, which made things way closer than they needed to be. 
Um, but I still won anyway. And so, yeah, I, I didn't win. So I just wanted to gloat about it a little bit. I'm now a two-time reigning champ. But, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good discussion. I think that's all we really need to hit on. Travis, Tink, any closing thoughts? Uh, Rams minus three and a half. Who do you have? I've got the Rams. I think the Cardinals are... I, I said it going into the postseason. I think the Cardinals are the one team that I don't think could win an FC. Um, mainly just because they stumbled into the postseason. They were like one in four over the last five. I don't know. I, not that I trust the Rams that much, but um, yeah, I, I certainly don't trust the Cardinals. So yeah, maybe with Rams minus three and a half. Tank, what you got? As a Rams fan, um, I have to both put my life savings on them and also um, believe that they're going to win, which I do. And I do. I don't know about covering, um, but give me Rams money line. I'll take that. I think they win on by three. Um, I think the Rams win. Love it. Tank, any closing thoughts? Uh, it feels good to back in, be back in the saddle, you know, recording. Travis, thanks for staying the whole time. That's Seriously. You're, you've now been on twice before and any other member of our league has been on once this season. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> I am now recurring guest as kind of the omniscient narrator of yes. y'all's league. Exactly. It's so, true. Tell Take your friends. The the word. We, we have an Instagram now. Yeah, at, at Deep Elm Demigods. I don't know if there are underscores in there. I don't remember. Um, but, but give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow. True. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be posting about this episode. You know, we don't have any long-term goals for the Instagram, but it's there now. So, but it exists. Yeah, that's right. There are underscores between each word. So, just looked it up. No, re- oh, no I, reviews to read that I know of. Um, but next time, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Spotify. You can rate on Spotify now. True. True. All right. That, that's all I have. All right. Well, thank you, Tank. Thank you, Travis, for an amazing two hours of podcast of football talk. Um, appreciate the conversation as always. Um, we've got a long off season ahead. We're already in fantasy off season. We're about to be reaching NFL off season in general, which is going to be tough. Tank, I know we've we've been brainstorming a little bit about what we can talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you have any ideas, if you're listening to the podcast now. An hour and 45 minutes later, you probably, we are doing this for you because there's probably only like one or two of you that are still listening that didn't actually record this podcast. And so if you have any ideas, things you want us to talk about, please let us know because we have a whole summer's worth of content that we need to fill. Um, And right now we've got ideas, but you know, come July, come August, we might be really struggling. So Rate us five stars. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on iTunes. Follow us on YouTube as we're going to post the video from this podcast. Isn't that right, Tink? Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Travis? I got one. Sorry, I got one thing real quick. Oh, yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you are still listening to this podcast right now, go leave just a singular emoji on the demigods Instagram post so that we know who the loyal followers are. 
That's yeah. a good point. I don't think anyone is actually going to do this. I'm going to do it because I, I don't work tomorrow. I'm absolutely going to listen back to this two-hour podcast tomorrow on two times speed. It's going to be awesome. Uh, if anyone else listens to this podcast tomorrow, yes, exactly what Travis said. Leave a one emoji comment on the Deep Ellen Demigods Instagram feed, um, and we'll all give it a like, of course. Um, but yeah, thank you, Travis. Thank you, Tink. Um, amazing podcast. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we got more content headed your way in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll have to review the remaining NFL games, see how the dynasty player landscape shifts, and then over the offseason, Tink and I have a lot of good content planned for you guys. Season reviews, trade reviews, free agent reviews, all of the above. Um it's going to be a good off season. So thank you guys for joining and we will be back soon.